0: Jimmin's Point of View Cora takes me back to my cell. I do my best to hide the pain I feel as I move. It's forbidden to let her know that I'm hurting. It's not like anything bad will happen to me if she does find out, but something in me knows that she ought not to know about it. When we get to my cell, she very reluctantly clips the chain to the wall. A sad look on her face. Sorry. She manages. This is killing her. It's alright, Cora. I reply. Take me with you. Good night. Good night, she says quietly. She leaves. I do my best to sleep, but it's hard to concentrate on anything other than the pain coursing through my body. Eventually, though, it comes. My eyes open just as Cora enters the room with a breakfast. I move a bit, readjust myself, and a dull ache settles upon my body. Cora hands me my food with a sad smile, and then she's gone again. I eat quickly wanting to regain my strength. This place has started to take its role on me. I feel weaker, I feel smaller, but overall, I've started to feel less. More uncommon are emotions other than uncertainty and fear, though I do feel something else when gore is in my presence, but I'm not the same man I was when I first arrived here. And that's the scariest thing of all. How much more will I change before I escape this place? If I ever do. Can I still trust Cora after what she did today? Is she trying to break me even now? No. That can't be true. I refuse to let myself believe that Cora too has betrayed me. I care too much for her to think that. I care too much for her to tell her what's happening. I'm hurting myself over hurting her. It's better that way. Cora comes to pick up the tray and she takes it from me. She hands me a small square object. I don't examine it until she's gone. Chocolate, I note. Very romantic. I chuckle internally at the idiocy of my own thoughts and then covertly begin to eat the small square candy. It's dark chocolate. Not my favorite but still much better than I ever thought it would taste. I remember learning whether it be from TV or one of those clickbait articles online. That dark chocolate has chemicals in that stimulate the brain. It makes you happy. Admittedly, that's probably why I like it so much. Happiness has been evading me recently. Once the chocolate is gone, I left to my own devices yet again. I pray that they won't come again. They don't. Time skipped. Cora appears in my cell at noon that day. She's wearing black jeans and a blue hoodie. Her appearance is casual, certainly the most casual I've ever seen. It doesn't make her any less beautiful or any less threatening. I shield myself from her harsh words, refusing to let them affect me. If I become afraid of Kura, I will have absolutely no one left. She interrogates me, asking me questions I answer honestly. I know that if she has to report these details to anyone, she'll change them. My secrets are safe with her. I want her to stay. I'd rather she continue braiding me and character than be here all alone. I need to get out of here before my spirit breaks itself. I can no longer stand the absence of others. My sanity is reliant on Cora. I need her. She leaves, though as I know she must, and I'm once again alone. It's starting to eat away at me and I need to do something to keep myself calm. I can't lose myself now. I absolutely cannot lose myself now. I sing to myself to pass the time, singing anything I can think of. I songs first, then others as they pop into my head. I sing songs by Pink, TVXQ, God7, and others like EXO, which I sing in both Korean and Chinese. The Korean, of course, I excel at, but the Chinese is a challenge. It's just enough of a challenge to keep my mind busy, so I stick to it. Trying to decipher the Mandarin phrases, as it relate to the Korean versions of the songs. For once, <sighs> something is helping. Of course, though, it doesn't last. It never does. Nothing gold can stay, I recall. Whether it's from a book or a poem, I do not remember, but it certainly applies. The two men entered the room just as they did yesterday, walking in perfect step, one directly behind the other, their well-built muscular bodies seem to ache for what they are about to do. I brace myself for it. I wait. Finally, it begins. The two men begin to beat me, as they did yesterday. Their fists connect with my body each time they strike. Though they leave my face alone, that, as I've grown to think of it as Cora's property, soon punches devolve into kicks which hurts far more. I make no noise or at least as little as I can. I refuse to give them the satisfaction of crying out or of begging for mercy even though that's all I'm doing in my head. I'm begging, not necessarily for this beating to stop but for all of this to stop. I'm begging for Cora to burst in here and stop these men somehow, then lead me away to a safe place, to Bangtan. I beg to see Jungkook and Namjoon and Tayo again. I beg the joke round once more with those Sook, Jin, and Yungi. I beg for my life back. It seems to stop the pain. I don't even notice the man leaving. I pay no heed to the closing of the door. I found that I'm crying, but it doesn't matter. It's not the pain I'm crying from. It's the improbability of going home that brings it on. With tears, of course, come sleep. It takes only 10 minutes or so for me to soap myself out. It takes me a moment or two to digest just when I wake up. But I realize a few things shortly after my eyes open, the first of which is that my body aches, that I am in an immense amount of pain. The second thing I notice is that I am not alone. Someone is watching me. I slowly and weakly push myself into a sitting position, feeling my stomach stinging and burning with the movement. My hands scream with pain when I bend my fingers and there is unknown blood on my fight sweater. I'm pretty sure I wasn't hit to the point of bleeding but that point has obviously been disproven. Though my head was left alone for reasons unknown, I still have a throbbing headache. I hold my pained head and my pained hands in hopes of easing the ache but it of course is useless. At that point, I hear a small gasp as the door opens. Cora rushes in, her hands holding the tray with my dinner on it. Much to my surprise, Cora doesn't drop the tray as she hurries to me and kneels beside me. Jimin, what happened to you? She asks, obviously very shaken up. Her concern eases my unsure mind a little and I regain my sense. Go, see you get out of here. My voice breaks on the word here and I weakly push Kora away from me. I'm crying and that shocks and also hurts her. But she does see the logic to my few and weak words. She leaves. I eat in silence, taking in as much as food I can bring myself to eat. I know it will help me heal, but there is no way that I'll be left long enough from these beatings to actually feel the lingering pain leave my body. I think yet again of Cora and how rash her actions were. She burst in here, blowing her cover. If she had any left to theoretically hide in, that is, and potentially making things worse for me too. I remember what she said on the first day about my situation getting much worse if she got caught. It could easily be the end of both of us. I keep eating, forcing myself to finish the food and trying to piece together what I'm going to say to go as a sanitation block. I mean I'll have to tell her what happened, of course, but I'll have to put it too lightly to avoid her going completely off the wall. Who am I kidding, though? She'll go off the wall anyway. She saw what what happened to me. I lean my head against the wall, looking up at the dim fluorescent lighting. The lights must be on a dimmer, I realize, as they are brighter than this during the day. Never do I get complete darkness, but at least the lights do dim. There is a moth hitting itself repeatedly against the light I watch with an odd amusement as it crashes at top speed against the plastic shade covering the bulb and I listen as I heard the quiet thud 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 of each impact I don't understand why the moth amuses me so but eventually it gives up its useless plight to grasp something ungraspable and flits elsewhere in the room it's all that moths are attracted to light really i mean can't touch light. The thing is though, light can touch you. It affects even how people act. It's why children are afraid of the dark. It's why some people get sad on cloudy days. Light changes morale, I realize. I just have to find my light. That's all. I don't require anything else to get through this. No bravery, no fighting, just a light. Kora, is most certainly my light. Though she isn't the first thing I think of, it has to be her. My first thought is of Bankton, but thinking of them makes me feel distant and alone. I think of my fans too, but they also bring me down. Cora? though, brings me up. She really does care for me. Though she has a difficult time showing it on occasion, I'd most certainly be a shell of my former self by now if it wasn't for her. And that means so much to me. As I've already established, I'm weak. There is no way my mind would survive the constant berating, interrogating and beating. And i have been begging for my life on the second day. Cora has caused quite the opposite to happen. She's brought me hope. Hope that's touched me. Though I can't touch it. It's there. And it isn't going anywhere until I'm out of here. Cora, arrives. Her stone cold character covering the worried girl inside. I pick up the empty tray without a word and we leave the cell. I rock with the limp I do my best to hide, but it's no use. I embrace my stumbling gate as soon as we enter the sanitation box main doors. We enter our little rocker room, and I do as I normally do. While I'm in the bathroom, Cora ensures that we are alone. I then go and shower but it proves to be more difficult than it previously was. Immense pain shoots through me as I attempt to wash my back, and I utter a groan. Gemini you alright? Cora's concerned voice almost immediately asks. Yeah, I'm okay, I state. The nervous silence that follows says she doesn't believe me. I promise, I add. Eventually I give up and resort to just running my back under the water, and with that I conclude my shower. Cora hands me my towel and I quickly but carefully dry off before coming out to confront her. What happened to you? She asks, as she hands me a change of clothes and backing once again to the grey sweatpants and black shirt. They don't tell you about the beatings, huh? I ask, finding humor I didn't know I still had in me. The what? It happened yesterday too. I didn't tell you about it mainly because I was mad at you, but also because I didn't want to worry you. Oh my God, Jimin, that she stops. Who did it? Two guys. I don't know. Big muscular guys, probably on their high school sports teams. Probably got all seized too. Damn it, Jimin, stop joking around. I don't know who they are, it's not like they were wearing some tags or name tags. What did they do to you? What two men who are supposed to beat prisoners do? They beat me, punches, kicks, the whole nine yards. And how are you taking this so lightly? She seems to be asking herself. I don't know, actually. I respond. It still hurts like hell, so I'm... Cruelness. We have to got to get out of here, Cora says, sudden determination in her voice. That's what I like to hear, I chuckle. Seriously, German, I'll start getting what I need tomorrow. I'm going to promise you that we'll be out of here in seven days. Or we'll be dead, I add. That's still out of here though isn't it? There is a smile on her face. I can't help it. I I step forward on shaky legs and hug her weakly. Yeah, it is. Then we're out of here in seven days, okay? Hmm. Seven days. It is.